Now, this past year, um, our Prime Minister, the Government of Australia, decided to have a census. A census. Scott Morrison decided that. Well, the government decided it. And there was a census taken. Did you know there was a census taken this year? Yes. Okay, good. You. Uh, there was a census taken. Now, boys and girls, who can tell me what a census is? That's from... Yes. A counting of the population. That is an excellent answer. Counting of the population. It counts people. It's to count all the people in a country. Now, I don't, I don't think this happens anymore, but I know years back it did, that when there was a census, somebody would come to your front door and knock on it. And they would come in and they would count. One, two, three. Well, not exactly, but you know, they would, they would make sure there was a certain number of people in the house and they would count. That's, when I've been part of a census, that's what's happened. They knocked on my door and they would count me and they would count those in my family and count others in the house. So they would count people. Now, 2,000 years ago, at the first Christmas, there was also a census. Caesar Augustus, he was a very important man. He was the emperor or president or prime minister of a very big part of the world called the Roman Empire. And he wanted to count everyone. He wanted to know how many people lived under his rule. Now let me read what the Bible says in Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verse 1. It says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree. He made a law or a rule that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, this might come as a surprise, but back in those days, they wouldn't send you an email. They wouldn't even come knock on your door. They wouldn't send someone around. No, they didn't come to you. You had to go to them. You had to pack up your home, get into your car or onto your donkeys, and you had to go back to the place where you were born. And they would count you there. So just imagine, for example, if you were born in Sydney and you now lived in the promised land of Brisbane, when the census came, you'd have to go back to Sydney and be counted there. So let's just see, out of interest, let's just see, out of interest, who here was born in Sydney? Okay, well, you'd have to get your things together and go back there, just to be counted. Who here is from Melbourne? Who was born in Melbourne? Who was born in Melbourne? Ah, oh, there's some Melbourne. Sorry, guys, it's a long way back, but off you go. Who here was born in Perth? No one? Oh, shame. Well, it's a lovely city, but if you were, you'd have to go back. Who here was born in Darwin? Sure. Um, anyone from Adelaide? Ah, oh, yes, Adelaide. Proud Adelaideans. What are you called? Are you called Adelaideans? I wouldn't know. I'm calling them Adelaideans. Adelaideans, you'd have to go back to Adelaide for a little visit to be counted. Anybody here from any other places that... Byron Bay, Byron Bay, said proudly. You know how you know people come from Byron Bay? They tell you. Um, <laughs> just joking, just joking. Um, but sorry, Natalie, you're going to have to go back to Byron Bay. Nice place to go. There won't be any problems going back there. Anybody else? Anybody? Yes. Ballarat. 
Sorry, that's a great place. I don't know Ballarat, but I'm sure it's a great place. You've got to go back to Ballarat. Anybody else? London. London. You've got a long way to go. You've got a lot, but it's lovely. And you'll have a white Christmas. But you've got to go back there to be counted. Yes. Barrel. Like a barrel. You've got to go you've got to go back to is that where wheelbarrows came from? No. Barrel. Well, you've got to go back to that place. Because that's where your last one. Anybody here from Canberra? Woohoo! Yes, excellent. That's what I like. Canberra, great place. Haven't been there, but I'm told so. Got some friends there. Uh, you've got to go back to now. We've asked lots of questions. Now, let me ask you this. Was anyone here born in Bethlehem? Oh, we've got a couple here from Bethlehem. That's wonderful. Please come forward. We'll, we'll, well, where's Bethlehem? Oh, there's Bethlehem. It's over here. So come forward. Okay. Oh, look at that. They're a lovely couple, aren't they? They're holding hands. Um, Oh, yes, I know. Oh, it's lovely to have you know. Where's the, where's the mic? Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, the microphone's over there. We're doing some social distancing. I don't know if you've heard, but there's been a bit of a... Um, now, just to ask, it's, you're a lovely... Let me ask you. Um, <laughs> uh, what are your names? I'm Mary. And I'm Joseph. Mary and Joseph. Um, can I call you Joe? Excellent, excellent. Um, why are you guys going to Bethlehem? Uh, we're heading there for the census to get counted. Getting counted, good. Um, everyone else, like I've noticed a few other people from Bethlehem, and they're looking pretty miserable about it, having to go back to be counted. Um, why are you guys looking so happy? We're having a baby. A baby, oh, okay. So it's one, two, three. Yep. How exciting. Uh, um, do you know what it's going to be? Do you know whether it's going to be a boy or a girl? Uh, it's a boy. It's a boy. Excellent. Um, now, how did you know? D did you have a scan? Well, 2,000 years ago, no scan, but an angel told us. An angel? Wow. What did the angel say? Well, I was very afraid, but the angel said to me, don't be afraid, Mary. You've found God's favor. You'll be with child, and you will have a son and call him Jesus. Fantastic. Well, sounds like he's going to be someone really special. The angel said he will be great and he will be called son of the most high and his kingdom will never end. Wow, that's, he's got a lot to live up to. Um, you feel so bad. Oh, 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 I think it won't be long until the baby's born. Oh dear, well, you, you, you better be off. To the hospital right now. Well, actually, the hospital was booked up. Booked up? Oh, dear. Well, I hope it's not the pandemic. Well, <laughs> maybe a nice hotel then? Uh, that was booked too. Oh, no, no room. So, where are you going? Um, I found a nice stable, so we're going to head there. Okay, well, nice stable. Was it on booking.com? <laughs> Stables. Stables, okay. Well, that, well, you better be off. All the best, guys. That's really exciting. Thank you for, thank you for stopping. Now, 
Mary and Joseph went to go have their baby in Bethlehem because of the census. But you know, is that the only reason they went to Bethlehem? Or was there a bigger reason? Yes. Now look at chapter 2, verse 4. Chapter 2, verse 4. Joseph, we're told, also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line, the family of David. Now, Bethlehem was the town of David. Why? Because who was born there? Why is it called the town of David? Because David was born there. David. Now, David was a great king of Israel who lived a long, long time before Jesus. And God promised he would send someone much greater than David to be the king of kings and the savior of the world. Someone who would rule and rescue God's people. And that someone would come from David's family. They would be born in David's town, Bethlehem. They'd be one of David's children's 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 children's. They would come and they would be born there. So Bethlehem was a little town, but it had a really big reputation. Now, if you think about it, kings are usually born in important cities in big palaces. But God's promised king was born in a little town in a lowly stable. You see, the baby Jesus born in Bethlehem is truly God's promised king. Listen again to what the angel said. Chapter 1, verse 32. It said, Here's what the angels have said. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. So here's the angel saying, Jesus is king. He has a throne. He reigns or rules. He has a kingdom and he will be king forever. In Luke chapter 2, end of verse 11, the angel tells the shepherds, Jesus is Christ the Lord. Christ the Lord. Now, some people think that Jesus was called Jesus Christ and that Christ was his surname, like Doug Wannenberg. But Jesus' parents would have been Mr. and Mrs. Christ. Some people think that. Now, Here's, the, here's the, the truth. is Christ is not a name. It's a title or a job description. It's what he came to do. So, like when we say, Greg the Builder, or Nicky the Doctor, or Ted the Teacher. So, Jesus is the Christ. The Christ. That's his title or job. It simply means God's promised or chosen King. That's what it means. King. Jesus the Christ means Jesus the King, the ruler, the boss. And that's who Jesus is. And that's what Jesus does. Now Jesus is King and more, he is Savior. In fact, that's why the angel told Mary to name him Jesus. Jesus. I wonder if you know what your name means. But Jesus means God saves. And chapter 2, verse 11, the angel tells the shepherds, Today, 
in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. A Savior. Jesus came to rule and to rescue. He came to be king and to be Savior. He came on a rescue mission. And so, what does it all mean? What does this all add up to? Well, I want to just close by mentioning two things that we can unpack from what we've learned this morning. Firstly, it means you count to God. You and I, we matter to Him. For God so loved the world, you, me, everyone, He so loved the world that He sent His only Son to save us. Now think about it. Boys and girls and adults, when you're in trouble, when you're in trouble, you discover who your friends are. You discover who really loves you. So like when you get stuck in a tree, which I have been, when you get stuck, or when you fall and hurt yourself, or perhaps when others are teasing you or bullying you, are your friends those who run away? Nah. Are those who love you the ones who laugh? Nah. Your friends, those who love you, come to your rescue. Like your dad who gets you out of the tree. Well, in a much bigger way, in a much more important way, you and I, we were and are in big trouble. We haven't obeyed God as king. We haven't lived with God as our boss. We haven't listened to God or loved God. And the heart of our problem is a problem of the heart. Because the Bible tells us we're all self-centered. We are selfish. We're not God-centered. And when we reject God as king... That deserves punishment because when you do something, there's consequences. Well, when we reject God, the punishment is death forever in hell. So that's really, really big trouble. It's a big danger. But because God loves us, because we matter Him, because we count to Him, God sent His Son Jesus into the world to save the world. To save you and me. And how did Jesus save? Well, I don't know about you, but I often start reading books and then never finish them. My bedside table is full of half-read books. Now with the story of Jesus, many people read the start. They read the Christmas story or that chapter. They read the Christmas story but they don't keep reading. They don't finish. And let me say that you'll never understand the story of Christmas until you finish the book and read to the end. You'll never understand the birth of Jesus until you understand his death. You see, Jesus was born in order to die. 33 years after being born in a stable as a babe, he hung on a cross as a man. And it was through his death that he rescued us. For on the cross, Jesus, who perfectly obeyed his Father, he loved him all the time, always trusted, always obeyed, he took the punishment our disobedience deserved. Jesus died in our place so we could enjoy forgiveness and be friends with God. Because we matter to God. 
Because God so loved the world, because you and I count, Jesus came on a rescue mission. King Jesus came to save the world, us, you. No wonder the angel tells the shepherds in chapter 2, verse 10. No wonder he says, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I mean, you can't get better news. You can't get happier news than this. And it's not news for a few people living in Jerusalem. It's good news, great joy for all people. It's good news for everyone. But not everyone welcomes the news as good. Because you see, each and every person matters to God. But sadly for many people, God doesn't matter to them. Most people couldn't really be too bothered with God. So, I wonder if it's worthwhile each of us, this Christmas time, taking a moment and considering, does God matter to you? Does God count to you? Because when a baby is born, the parents and the older brothers and sisters, they're usually very excited. And they're very happy to make space for the new child in their family. They want to be involved in the life of that baby. But when King Jesus is born, people aren't too happy about it. Some people are really angry about it. King Herod even wants to kill that baby. And when people today think about the birth of Jesus, they, oh yes, they'll sing some carols. Perhaps they'll pop into church every once in a while. They may even pray from time to time. But they don't want to live with Jesus as king. And that's, that's just too much of an inconvenience. Too much of a bother. Too radical. They'd much rather keep things as they are. They're not really, truly overjoyed at Jesus' birth. And think of it. Those who receive the news of Jesus' birth and death with great joy are those who receive Jesus as King and Savior, who recognize who he is and receive him as King. Those who stop living with themselves as boss, which we all do, and those who bow their knee, their heart, their life, before the eternal throne of God's forever King, whose kingdom never ends. So the good news is, you and I, we matter to God. That's great news. That should overjoy us. But the next question to ask is, does God count to you? Does he count to me? Is Jesus your king? Do you love him? Do you love what he loves? Do you love his family? His word? So let me close by saying that there is another census coming. There's another census coming. When Jesus was born, there was a census in Bethlehem. When Jesus returns, there'll be a census in heaven. John, who was a follower of Jesus, had a vision of heaven a long time ago in Revelation chapter 7. And John looks, and what does he see? Listen to this. He sees a great multitude. A great multitude that no one could count no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne. 
That's what he sees. Here's the census. But it's a census that no one can count. It's going to be a great day. I hope to see you there. God really wants to see you there. But whether or not you or I are there depends on how you and I receive the news of Jesus. Whether or not you receive Jesus as king.